Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight-lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. This is episode 45 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and today I'm chatting with Kristen Walther, a fashion photographer who works with indie and established brands in the New York City area. Kristen walks us through the entire photo shoot process step-by-step and shares her best advice on how to plan for a successful day, the difference between lookbook and campaign shoots, and the importance of casting models in real life. She's seen her fair share of horror stories and shoots gone wrong. Kristen and I laughed so hard throughout this episode at all of these stories. I know you're going to love them. And most of them happen when this essential step of casting your models in real life gets skipped. Just like this time. We all show up to set and there's this older lady that's there and this like younger girl and, and she's like, she's like, hi, yeah, this is my daughter, so and so, and from Model Mayhem. And I was like, what? <laughs> and and the girl smiles, and she's got, she's got braces. I know you're going to enjoy hearing all of Kristen's advice and some of her hysterical stories. This honestly was one of the episodes I've laughed the most on so far. So get ready for some good chuckles. As always, make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And if you enjoy the show, I'd be thrilled if you'd take 30 seconds to leave a rating or review on iTunes. It really helps out and I appreciate each and every one of you. You can do that anytime at sfdnetwork.com review. Now, on to the interview with Kristen. To access the show notes for today's episode, visit sfdnetwork.com slash 45. Welcome, Kristen, to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. Uh, Can you please introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do in the fashion industry? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, Heidi. I'm Kristen Walther, photographer based out of New York City, and I specialize in fashion photography. Um, mainly uh, on location, and I also do uh, studio shoots as well. A lot of it is for, you know, lookbooks for designers, um, campaigns, social media campaigns, uh, promotional materials, all that good stuff. Awesome. And how did you get into photography, specifically fashion photography, in the first place? Uh, it's kind of a funny story. <laughs> it's, I mean, basically... It sort of found me, um, which is really interesting. I mean, I always enjoyed fashion photography when I was uh, younger in school, uh, but never really pursued it all the way until I moved to New York about six and a half years ago. And it just just kind of started happening. Um, it's funny because I started, you know, doing more wedding and portraiture photography and moving into product photography. And then I did sports and so I've kind of done various different kinds of photography. Um, but then when I moved to New York, I became friends with a lot of really talented, amazing designers and, and people in, within the fashion industry. And they introduced me to it. And I just started 
doing some of their shoots and lookbooks and now it's now I you know shooting fashion all the time and I love it it's been great that's really cool and fashion week just how just wrapped up were you there in New York did you do any shows I unfortunately didn't. I just got back into the country. So uh. <laughs> I I know I missed the last two, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm hoping in September I'll I'll be here in town to, oh. to catch some shows. Cool, cool. Well there are always more and um and hopefully this fall it lines up. Um so I'd love to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, designers out there who are maybe ready to or thinking about working with a photographer, maybe they've got their first round of samples in, um, Mm -hmm. when, can you kind of walk us through the best process that a designer would go through to start talking to someone like you and what that whole journey might look like? Yeah, of course. I'd love to. So essentially the designer should have a pretty good idea and concept of what they want their shoot to look like in the end. Um, or just some keywords or just some, some sense of an idea of what they're trying to go for and, you know, what their line is about and putting together some ideas for that. And then what's a really good idea for them is to even go on Instagram or Pinterest and start finding images that they really are pulled to. And they're like, oh, this is this is what I can see my clothes in, or this is what I can see my line in and, and really start to kind of essentially put a mood board together. And that way, when they're looking for photographers, maybe they find a few on Instagram or, you know, word of mouth, or if they're even on a bigger level through agencies. And this way they have an idea of the kind of style that they're going for. Cause every photographer has, their unique style. Uh, so they need to make sure whoever they're going to get is aligned with the style that they're trying to capture and depict with their line of clothing. Okay. And so that starts, like you said, um, first them gathering their inspiration, like what do they kind of envision the end product looking like? And then Mm -hmm. seeing if that even lines up with the photographer's portfolio online. So there's kind of your first step. Yeah. And I think that's really important um, for designers to do. And then, and then just setting up the, you know, starting up the dialect and conversation. And it's always, I personally love to meet with designers person to person, Mm -hmm. you know, over a cup of coffee, uh, just to get a sense of their style and what they're going for and their personality and their aesthetic. And, um, like I said, having those even like three key words of the mood that they're trying to depict in in their lookbook or if it's a campaign shoot or something um, is always super, super key and helpful. Right. Cause, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I was just going to say, because you could say like, okay, my three words might be sexy, provocative, and risky versus um, calm, subdued, and relaxed. Exactly. Like, immediately is a very different experience and feeling yeah. and, and vision. Yeah, exactly. And this just helps narrow down the bandwidth of, of concepts and ideas because mm-hmm. I work with a lot of designers on you know creative directing and, 
in conceptual development if it's if it's a campaign shoot if it's deeper than a lookbook basically okay and so for people out there listening who might not know the exact difference between what lookbook photography is going to be versus campaign photography can you explain that sure yeah definitely so lookbook is essentially exactly what it sounds like it's just depiction of their clothing line so you have your you know the full length um front back side three-quarter maybe some detail shots and it's strictly for their website you know or they can they can also use it for instagram but it's it's pretty basic it's in studio typically uh i mean i've done a couple of lookbooks outside of studio but that's again getting more towards campaign and campaign is going to be more conceptual development more along the lines of an advertising type shoot so there's a lot more elements and factors that play into it. Yeah, so like more thinking you're trying to portray the lifestyle and an experience with exactly. the product versus just showing the product for what it is. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay, um, Okay. so let's say, um, and, and maybe these are two different sort of scenarios because if I'm coming to you for a lookbook versus I'm coming to you for a campaign, that could, um, I mean, that process sounds like it would be very, very different. Um, so what do you think would be oh, the most? Oh, for sure. Yeah. What would be the most relevant, do you think, to kind of talk through? Um, f- I think the, the campaign is a little bit more fun, um, but maybe more realistic might be the, the lookbook. What do you think is the best to kind of talk through first? Uh, probably, probably the lookbook. If okay. it's, if it's an up and coming designer and it's their first, you know, first shoot that they're working towards or first line that they have that's coming out, I would say a lookbook would be really beneficial because this way they can um, do printouts, they can do, um, you know, marketing materials with them. They can do anything with them, but also it, it's very clear depiction of their line. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, I think that's going to be really helpful for them in the end. And this way, if they're if they're selling on a mass market, if they're selling to boutiques or stores, it's just a clear picture of the clothing. Mm-hmm. Whereas with with a with a campaign type shoot, it's going to be more about capturing the mood and the lifestyle essence of the product, which is what you had just said. So. Okay. I would say lookbook is definitely would be a good start. Okay, for so sure. let's let's start with that. So um, if I'm thinking I'm ready to do my lookbook shoot, um, what do I probably need to have? Like a finished set of samples that look accurate to the finished product. Yes. Okay. Definitely. What That's else? Always good start. Yeah. <laughs> I would. <laughs> um, and. Uh, casting is really important. So think about our how many models you're going to want to have, uh, hair, makeup, um, all that, all that stuff. Okay. And you know, having also realizing what your budget is and what you can afford to do, and how many looks are you trying to shoot as well. Okay. So, like, for example, on a typical day in the studio for a lookbook shoot, you can probably get 12 really great looks in a day, 
maybe more depending on how much you're doing, you know, and how many different, you know, perspectives. And if the model's turning, if you're doing back, front, side, all that good stuff. So just having a clear cut idea and being realistic about it as well. And the, the number one, like most important thing that I always tell designers and clients is that it's quality over quantity. So making sure that we get what they need in the end. That's like the the most important aspect. Yeah. So definitely, definitely not overloading in shots and, you know, realizing exactly what you need to cover. Okay. And can we talk a little bit about models? Because this is some experience that I've had firsthand. Um, I think that it can seem really easy or tempting maybe is a better word for a designer who's on a budget which I absolutely respect Mm -hmm. to just get a friend to be the model and I've seen things go okay and I've seen seen things go very badly when this happens Um, and I think it goes back to what you said with like you could get 12 maybe more shots in a day but I would throw in a qualifier there of like two things. One, you have the right photographer and two, mm-hmm. your model knows how to perform because I've seen some nightmare things. So, so I don't, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. It's actually one of, I mean, it's an ongoing problem and it, I mean, there's so many moving elements to make a successful shoot And having a really great model is so key. And a lot of people, clients and up and coming companies and designers really just want to, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'll go to Model Mayhem and grab a model. And it's, you really, it's so hard to get lucky with that and actually get somebody really great. And that fits your need and your style because every model has a certain style too and look to them. So you could have one model. I mean, I had a shoot in the past before that we got this one model to come in from an agency and she's great, looks great, but you know what? She wasn't right for the shoot and it, that's what happened. So really the model is so, so important because you could have an amazing photographer, amazing hair and makeup, beautiful clothes, and the model, it just fell flat. Yeah. There's no, you know, it's just not working. And it's so frustrating. And it's really, really tough on the photographer to try to get good shots out of it. Because it's, it's like, like I say, when I'm on set and this happens, like pulling teeth, you know, or pulling hair. It's, it's <laughs> very, very difficult. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would, my biggest advice to any up and coming designers is to really really pay attention to the models and and don't don't cheap out on them you know it just have a casting call and you know just spend half a day with models coming in and out and really really look at them have the photographer there it's like one of my biggest things is I really always love to be doing the casting mm. because I know on my end who's going to work and who's not yeah. And it's also too, it's also the connecting. Like I, I like to connect to my models when I'm shooting them and 
you know, you, the photographer is the only one who's going to know if that's going to happen or not. Mm-hmm. And if that, if that magic happens, I mean, I know for lookbook, it's a bit more basic, but still, you still need that. You need that magic still. And the photographer will know, okay, you know, these are up and coming models as well. Maybe the agency is working on their portfolio and they need some shots and this is perfect. So they're giving us some models to use for the day which is great, which has happened to me in the past. And, but having that casting call is so key because you really, you can look at their portfolios online and be like, Oh, I love this one. This one is definitely it. And then you get to set and it's not at all. It's actually the other model that you didn't think. Mm -hmm. So you really never know. So having a casting is really important. It's huge. And I think that can make or break a shoot for sure. So that could be my, that's my biggest advice as far as models go is just don't, don't cheap out. Don't, you know, unless you're, unless your friend is an amazing working model, (laughs) (laughs) I would, (laughs) I would suggest to uh, really actually, you know, go to some agencies and do some castings and yeah. Yeah, it's such smart advice because I, like I said, I've seen it happen firsthand and what made me think of that was you made the comment of, you know, okay, you could get 12 shots in a day in the studio mm-hmm. and that sounds great, but mm-hmm. let's say you invest in the hair and makeup, you invest in the photographer and then you skimp on the model. Well, at the end of the day, you may <laughs> only wind up with like three shots. Seriously. Exactly. And so then now no, you're looking at four days <laughs> of work and it's you, mm-hmm. you wind up spending so much more money in the long run and you still just barely get what you need. Um, so I, I love that you emphasize yeah. this so much. Um, the other thing I will, I have to throw in this personal story on, on doing the in-person casting is um, I was doing, I was casting models for a, a, a runway show and it was mm-hmm. off. I was had to travel to it, and we weren't able to do a casting. And the guy showed up, and he was supposed to be a thirty-inch waist, and he had put on a few pounds. <laughs> and the shorts literally wouldn't button, and oh, so we no. had to like just safety pin them and wear his shirt untucked, which was not how it was supposed to look. So sometimes, no. yeah, and it didn't match up to his um, what do you call it? His card, or I don't even what's the, I can't think of the comp card. Yeah. So I had to throw that out there, the importance of doing it in person, because sometimes what you see online is a world of difference when you see it in real life. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I actually have a, have a similar story with a, with a model that showed up on set. This was um, several years ago. And, you know, and here we are, I'm working with an up-and-coming designer. There's, like, next to no budget. Um, and so we're trying to just get model. This is why I bring up model mayhem. This is, you have to be so (laughs) careful. (laughs) And so here we are, we're browsing through model mayhem and, you know, we're doing our casting online (laughs) and, and, uh, we see this one model and like, Oh yeah, she's great. She's got a really good look to her and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we always ask, especially when you're doing this online thing, you always ask to make sure, you know, how, how old are they? You, You double check all that information yeah. And so everything was fine. Everything looked great. Everyone's on the same page. We're good. We all show up to set and there's this older lady that's there and this like younger <laughs> girl. And, and she's like, she's like, hi, yeah, this is my daughter. So and so from Model Mayhem. And I was like, what? 
She's like a and, child. And the girl smiles and she's got, yeah, and she's she's got braces. Oh my god! And gosh. I'm just like, oh no! And I looked at the designer and I was like, I was like, never again. I'm just never. I'm never going back on Model Mayhem. Uh, wait, so what did you guys do? I just have to know what your solution was. Uh, so, um, we were in a bind because basically it was the only day we could shoot. Yeah. We only had, uh, certain models that were booked and budget was extremely tight and it was just, we were in such a bind and I was like, okay, how old are you? She told me she was 15, going to be 16 soon. I was like, okay. And I just turned around to the designer. I was like, you know what? I was like, we can make this work. Um, she won't smile like we can we can come up with solutions I'll use some more dramatic lighting on her to make her look appear a little bit older you know all this stuff and just with makeup and hair and it was just this such it was such a shocking surprise and so yeah that's another tale of casting in person super important I love it I love it what a story oh boy um Okay, so do your casting in person. Don't skimp on your models because that can just make everything else you've invested in actually kind of be a waste. Um, yep. And is, are there any Definitely. places that you think you could maybe cut corners? Like, can you have your friend do the makeup and hair if, like, she's just good and she'll do it as a favor? Like, how how does that typically work out if I'm really trying to save? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question. I think makeup is very important. I don't think any designer should skimp with the makeup. Mm. Uh, I've had in the beginning of my career, I've just, I mean, literally have had terrible, terrible makeup experiences with make with certain makeup artists. And just because, you know, we're cutting quarters or we're using people that are still in school and still Mm. learning, which, which can be fine. Totally. Um, Especially in the beginning of your career, but it's, it's just it's become so messy and I mean I've I've spent literally hours upon hours in post production just fixing makeup (laughs) yeah so So then talk a little bit about like what can happen on the back end because then you someone's going to wind up paying for all that editing yeah and that's that's exactly what happens is that you end up instead of instead of saving money you end up spending more money because you have to pay for retouching and editing and retouching is not cheap mm-hmm. and it's a it's very time consuming especially if it's bad makeup and if the skin you know it doing skin retouching is a major big job mm-hmm. so it's it's not cheap it's not easy especially if you know you're going for a high end high end look and you don't want to just make their skin look like glass, which I've seen some other people do in the past. Mm. Uh, it's not a good look. Yeah. So, yeah, make, makeup is really important. It's it's very – you really should not skimp out on makeup. I hate to say it, but it's true. Um, and there's so many talented makeup artists out there that you can find someone good. And, you know, depending on what the shoot is, if it's for lookbook, usually you can get a pretty – you know, it's it's usually not super, super expensive for okay. a really talented makeup artist. Um, but yeah, and, and also going going to the schools though too and, and talking with other industry professionals and getting um, recommendations from them. I mean, that's how I found a lot of really talented, great makeup artists is through that. Uh, just talking with other people and, you know, seeing who they've worked with and, and going that route. Um, and then also 
But if you want to save, I mean, this is what I do on, on tight budget shoots. And sometimes I'll ask the makeup artist to see if she can do the hair or if they can do the hair as well, which is good and bad. It saves money, but it, uh, it, it makes it so you actually lose time on set. Oh, right. So, yeah. So there's that balance. It's depending what, you know, do you need all these shots? Then, well, you should just probably have someone else do hair or see if the makeup artist can pay for an assistant to do the hair. So that would be the only thing I think where you could possibly save on is with the hair, depending on what your final outcome is. And if it's, if it's just really easy hair, you can get away with doing stuff like that for sure. But if you're, if you're in your mind, if you're thinking some extravagant updos and you know, all these hair extensions or something, then obviously you can't cut corners with hair. So it really depends on your end look. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. So all really, really great advice and tips on, um, the lookbook stuff Anything else to like be best prepared for the day? So I've got my model, I've got my photographer, I've got um, hair and makeup figured out, and I've got all my clothes are ready. Like any any other tips mm-hmm. to be best prepared to make the day go really smoothly? Yeah, have have a clear shot list printed out. You know, have have everything mapped out. I mean, I love I do I I do a lot of pre pro books. For some of my shoots just for myself because it keeps you organized and on track throughout the shoot day so I mean I love to map out like okay we're going to be shooting look one at 9 a.m or 10 a.m and we're allowing 30 minutes for this shot and then you know 10 minutes for the change and really kind of just breaking it down time wise because then you get a clear idea of of how you're going throughout the day you're like oh no it's it's 1 p.m and we're still on shot three or you know what I mean so it's super helpful to have that breakdown and that shot list there to realize like what are your expectations you know how are you doing time wise do we need to speed things up or are we doing good can we maybe do an extra shot or you know it's it's that whole whole thing so it's really helpful to have a shot list outlined out and, and just for everyone to be on the same page. And also, as far as hair and makeup goes, too, the other thing I can say is that you know, when you're putting that mood board together uh, for your ideas or even just for lighting and color as well, um, but for hair and makeup, to have clear ideas of how you're wanting the makeup to be, what you're wanting you know, to match up with your line. Because uh, otherwise, if you just get to set and kind of like oh well I guess you can do it sort of loose and I don't know just whatever you think it's never it never pans out the way you want it (laughs) it's just not I've been on sets before where that's happened and and it's like and I'm setting up lighting and then I turn around and I see like what just went down (laughs) and and I'm like no no they did not just do that The the word or the the phrase just make the ma- makeup and hair natural means very different things to very different people. Because I've seen yes. I've seen the natural look done to a way where I am like, oh boy, that's a lot of that's a lot of eyeliner and fake eyelashes for natural. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and you're like, take I've it off, take spectrum. it off. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or or they're wait, did you do her makeup? <laughs> oh yeah. Did she did you you didn't do it yet, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, wait. You still gotta do the under eyes, right? Yeah. What, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Um Okay. Yeah. I love that clarification of like, yeah, you ha- have the picture because it's so easy. You can't interpret like you can yeah. say, sure, the the initial direction, like I think you said when we were talking with the photographer, okay, my three words are, you know, sexy, uh, risky, provocative. I'm I'm looking at a picture on right. your website, which I kind of fall, like falls into that category. That's why I keep saying those words. Um, but uh, that's one thing to sort of start with that. But that's such a great point that like when it really comes down to like, okay, we're going to be putting the makeup on right now have that picture yeah. because those three words or that description or just do what you think is going to probably not get you what you want. It's not. No, it never does. I've, I've seen it in the past. It never works out in the end. It's so yeah, having, having that mood board for just all those items for hair, makeup and mood, uh, is so, so key into getting what you want in the end. And in this way, everyone, everyone's aware, everyone's on the same page creatively. And, you know, it's, it, it's good for everyone to give their creative input while on set or before the shoot happens, but for the designer just to have, um, clear ideas as to like, this is what I'm trying to capture with this lookbook shoot. Mm -hmm. This is, these are some of the hair ideas that I like. I just want, you know, straight ponytail back, really clean, crisp. That's it. You know, and, and this is the makeup. I want, you know, a heavy eye and, like, barely their lip. Just stuff like that um, is so, so key for just everything to run really smoothly when on set. Yeah. Um, and I love that you brought up the shot list um, because I think that's a re- – and, and that you said you, like, outline it exactly, like, 20-minute slots, 30-minute yeah. slots. Like, what are we going to be doing? So you can measure, like, oh, God. And I, I, that's how I've always done my shoots with a spreadsheet. But mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's scary, um, and I'm sure you've seen this. Like, I've done some shoots with some pretty big brands where you show up, and, and I had the shot list because I was kind of helping coordinate, but then their artistic director was there and just went off on his own tangent. The next thing you know, it's two in the afternoon. We've got one shot done. And I'm like, shot list, like we are, I mean, and and sometimes they don't care and and whatever, you know, you figure it out, you extend it a day, you scramble the last minute. Like, but I think it's so important to do that and to really have it scheduled out. Like, okay, we're going to do this outfit and it makes sense to change this top, but keep these bottoms. Like this is the most efficient way in the order. Um, yeah. and like really map it out all the details. Yeah. 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 Especially if, uh, if you're going to be changing hair and makeup too, mm. sometimes, sometimes like we build like, okay, well, we're obviously going to do these looks first because her hair is going to be down or these are the more casual looks and then we'll get more into evening wear or, you know, if that's sure. the case. So yeah, it's it's super smart to to plan it all out and and yeah, I've been on sets before where either you know, photo- I mean even us photographers can go off on tangents sure. and, <laughs> <laughs> and you you just need that you know that person back there whether it's the producer or or even even the designer if it's a small shoot just to kind of crack the whip and be like okay let's let's moving reel on it back in <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, awesome awesome I love that. 
Um, okay, so can we, anything else you want to add on the lookbook stuff? Or you, um, I think it's a good time to maybe talk about on location, which I think, or um, as you said, maybe more campaign type of stuff, which can throw in a lot of new variables to think about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that pretty much, oh, actually, the only other thing I can add to, and this goes with with any any shoot, whether it's lookbook or, or campaign location type shoots, uh, is also to have a mood board for post-production, mm. which deals with the, the output, the color correction, and all that stuff, whether it's any kind of particular retouching, color correction. Uh, it's so, so important to to know that stuff as well beforehand, just to have a clear idea, like, you know, like, okay, I want, I want, you know, warm tones and the highlights and the shadows I want to be in the cool side. And I really want to kind of get this, like, sort of film cross processy look or, or whatever. But just to have that those ideas is is really important because that's a huge factor. And a lot of people kind of forget about post until it comes up after the shoot and they're like, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh post production. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think like that can be a hard thing for the average person to pick out. Like the average person, I don't know, I'm I I wouldn't necessarily say I want the warm tones here and the cool tones here. Like we might not know that much, but, no, to but have just a having picture, that mood board. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's key. Just to have just to have some inspiration shots um, available to show to the to the photographer, whoever is gonna be doing post is mm-hmm. is so, so helpful. Cool. I love it. Um, okay, so now we're talking about campaign and on location, and this throws a lot of variables into the mix because yes. you may be outside, you may be in a in a facility where you're trying to maneuver with other people there, or you're trying to block off a location for an afternoon. So, like, where do we even start with this? Ooh, yeah, there. It's uh, it's a big undertaking. Um, with location shoots and it's, it's my, it's my favorite type of shoot. Um, there's so many, you know, fun challenges and <laughs> it's always, it's always exciting. Um, so basically, you know, when you're when like, let's say you pick the photographer, you have your concept or your keywords. Now you're sitting down with, um, if you don't have a creative or art director, you know, you're sitting down with the photographer going over things, and just narrowing down location. So, like, for example, um, well, you know, I kind of want to get that New York City street vibe, which is which is totally doable. And you don't necessarily need permits, you know, it depends <laughs> on, you know, you could guru shoot it. So it's really, it's the very fine line of what you can and cannot do, um, especially in New York City. I know other cities are different and you really need to look up their uh, guidelines for permits and when you should have a permit. I know in LA, it's a lot more strict than New York. Mm. So um, that's an important thing to know and be aware of because uh, you definitely don't, I've, I've literally gone on sets before where I was told we had permits and come to find out they didn't get the permit Oh boy! and we were kicked out. So you really need to know like, okay, I need a permit if I want to shoot here. Yeah. So do your research a, and figure out what you can afford within budget. And Are if permits you can, pretty costly, uh, they can be. Yes. Yes. Like you know, throw out a, can you throw out a range? Uh, 
I there's like this one spot outside, like an outdoor location on state land can run you. I mean, that's this is like more on the inexpensive side, so it can be three to five hundred dollars for a permit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other places like, for example, botanical gardens or places like that that can typically run pricier depending on, and then you're, you're also constricted with time too. Mm. So whereas a outdoor location, you have a little bit more flexibility with your time. You have like a day basically. So, um, yeah, it's really all in terms of what you're trying to achieve and what's in your budget and what's feasible in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so do do your research <laughs> and and make sure that you know you you have what you need to be able to be on set and and get the shots that you need to get. So um, that's that's number one is narrowing down locations, figuring out what you need. If you need a permit, um, in most cases you will need permits. You know, it's it's always the safest way to go. So just plan on budgeting for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and then the other thing is to logistics, it's always interesting to figure out, okay, so do we have like a home base? Are we just running around rampant in the city or are we, I mean, it's figuring out the logistics and time, uh, basically proficiently managing your time is so imperative. And this is where the shot list really comes in handy. (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's you know it's not only are you you know budgeting costs but you're budgeting time it's I mean I've had clients and I've had clients in the past before that just didn't couldn't wrap their head around that it's gonna take 15 minutes maybe 10 minutes for an outfit change it's like it's like yeah you have to a lot for for outfit changes hair and makeup touch-ups if you're not gonna do makeup changes, you know, or if you're just going to change a lip or you have to allow for all these different things to happen. And there's also, if you're shooting in a public space, like I've shot on New York city streets before it's, it can be crazy and you really need to figure out, okay, so if I'm going to be on this street in Soho, what is the best time for me to be shooting there, you know, on Mott street or wherever, it's definitely not going to be during the day when everyone's <laughs> running around. <laughs> so you really need to work that into, you need to realize like if you're in a public space, you need to go when there's not going to be a million people around you. So you have to also be aware of that factor. Um, let's see if I'm forgetting anything else here. That's, that's huge right there. And, and yeah, home base, where are you going to change? Um, I was, working with this one client where she, it was kind of brilliant. She had, I mean, when you're doing these location shoots, you really need a team of people. You need a lot of helping hands, you know, assistance just with changing the model. And this one shoot I was on, they had a changing tent, a fold up changing tent. Oh, like a little pop up thing. yeah. Yeah. And it was brilliant. It was just like, okay, next look. <laughs> they would just go and like, and they had everything organized. So they would just go in there, you know, look for, would be ready, passing on to the model. They'd go in the tent, change, come out, hair and makeup would just do little touch-ups and, and it was good. It was, it was just brilliant. Yeah. And that's, that's key is being realistic 
and also being prepared and realizing that, you know, if you're going to be shooting in that type of environment, that there's all these factors that could happen that you can't even plan for, such as weather. And, you know, you can't plan for the weather. Uh, I've been lucky more than not, but it's there's been times where shoots been canceled because it's downpouring outside. So you always have to plan, plan for a rain date. Always, always have a rain date and never, you know, just in everyone's schedule, they should be holding for a rain date. And uh, just in case, because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, one thing I will throw out, uh, um, and, and I've been lucky more than not as well with the weather, but a few steps back that you were talking mm-hmm. about, um, just be being prepared and planning and having a, a small team of people. One thing someone yeah. taught me way back, which was like the most priceless advice ever when it comes to your shoot running smoothly is, mm-hmm. um, so you've, you've done a good job. You've got the right photographer that you know and you trust and you've got the model and they've got good rapport. And I think it at some point you can let them do their work and always – and I say you, you know, you may be the designer, you may be the coordinator or the assistant, whatever, but somebody mm-hmm. has to always be thinking about the next shot. You can't yeah. get so absorbed in the current shot that, you know, then it's done and you're like, don't have the outfit ready or it's not steamed or one, some variable. Exactly. It's always be thinking about the next shot. And sometimes I found it's best to leave the photographer and model to like do their magic and mm-hmm. get the next shot ready and, oh, and totally. trust that that's going to go well. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's my thing of, it's so, so good to have some assistance or helping hands on set just to even prep that next shot for you. Cause I think, I think it's really good to have the designer or, you know, the client with you while you're shooting, because sometimes there are certain details that I will miss for the clothes. Like maybe, you know, this one piece just keeps on flipping up mm-hmm. from the, from the wind, what have you. And I'm I'm not I'm paying attention to everything else. You know, I'm not worrying about a little piece of fabric flipping up. But to the designer, that could be huge. That could be a really big deal, make or break for their shot. Sure. So so having having them on set and being very present during the shoot, I find it always works better because there's stuff that you know I'm I might miss and and they'll be paying closer attention to their clothing. Yeah. So I think it's really important, whether it's them or it's somebody they trust to be present, you know, which, whichever. Um, but I think that's really good. And, and also allowing the, at the same time, allowing the photographer to get in the flow and the groove with the model. Yeah. Cause you never, you never want to be that one to like break up the flow. And it's, <laughs> it's always like, no, get out of my shot. <laughs> um, okay. So on that note, um, do you ever have, um, a client or designer or someone who, you know, they have this inspiration picture and they want it to be just like this. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always like, it's kind of always a bummer when that happens. Uh, I get it though. You know, they fall in love with the shot and they just, that's what they want. And so for me, it's like, okay, 
you know, I can do that for you. If that's what you, if that's what you're wanting, I can totally capture that for you. But I also think we should also capture some other things too. So when I'm on set and maybe I don't even say that to them, you know? And so when I'm on set, I'll capture that moment that they're looking for and, and they, you know, they, they'll pull up the photo and they'll, <laughs> they'll look at it and then they'll look at the back of the camera, yes. the computer screen and be like, mm, it's yeah, or no, it's not quite there yet. Maybe just a little lower in angle. And her elbow needs to be just a bit over here, yeah. like two inches yeah. to the left. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm just like, all right, all right, no worries. You know, we'll get it. And, and then once we get it, I'll just, I'll be like, okay, let me just have a few more minutes with this look. I just want to capture something else that caught my eye that I think would be super cool that you would really love. Yeah. And, and once you, once you know, you know, you you get to know your client and the designer and as a photographer, that's what you should be doing. And you kind of, you know, their aesthetic and what they're going for. And so when you're on set, you can sort of maneuver that and, and capture something extra that, they probably wouldn't have seen or didn't know or didn't realize would be cool. And and so it's always good to, yes, get what they want, but then also like have a little fun and show them some other stuff that they could possibly like. So that's what I try to do in those situations. This way everyone kind of walks away happy and it's all good (laughs) and they have extra. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's such a great point though. Um, because I, I don't know what your experience has been, but whenever I've seen people try to, like, replicate this exact shot, like, down to the T, they are, like, wait, no, move her hand, like, an inch over. Um, those shots tend to feel, like, really stiff and structured. Yeah. 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 They never they never feel natural. They always feel forced. So, and, and sometimes, I mean, people are stubborn. So, sure. they, yeah, they can be stubborn, and that's what they want, and... And they can't see outside of that until they get that. And then once they get that, they're like, okay, all right, cool. Let's move on. And then it's like, wait, no, let's just do this real quick. Like I saw the light was catching the the fabric. It looked really cool. Let me just shoot it and show you. Yeah. And so that's when it's, it's always working with the personalities too. And it, you know, it's a good, it's a good balance. It's like, okay, make them happy and, it, it can be very frustrating to match a shot as well, which I know, but it's, it's just breathe through it, get it. And I mean, nothing, you can never get anything to match exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another thing, you know, you can, and I think that should be a meeting before the shoot as well. If there is a shot that they're wanting to be exactly the same, then just also the photographer should be responsible and, and just be like, you know, I will do my best to capture that, but I don't think we'll be able to get it exactly like that, but let's, let's try it out. Let's do our best and, and go from there. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so many, so many different moving pieces and parts for on location. Um, like just as a comparison, you said if we're in studio doing really simple lookbook shots, maybe in, in a good average day, we can get 12, um, like what are, and I know there's so many variables cause you're like, well, are we doing three locations or let's say we're going to stay in a New York city street area and use like the same mm-hmm. few blocks or so we're not like getting in cars and driving to different places. Um, right. what is a fair expectation of getting some a, a campaign or on location shots in roughly one location for a day? 
Uh, I would say I would allow for at least an hour per look. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not including changes or anything like that or walking to a different block. That's just strictly shooting only because there are so many moving variables to to shooting on a street, especially in New York City. It's There's always going to be, you know, cars, pedestrians, and maybe there'll be some people in the background out of focus at work, but maybe not, you know, so there's <laughs> so many variables. And uh, yeah, so I would definitely, you have to allow for double the time or more. Okay. And, and also too, if there's, if there's more than one model, that's a whole nother, cause now you're getting, and this is the other thing that a lot of people tend to forget is when you're working with just one model, it's, it's, it's easier. You know, you just have that one model They're just focusing on them and, and they're, and they're, it's just them in the shot. Um, when you put another model in and, or even another one, that's when it gets really tricky and there's even more moving variables. So you really need to allow plenty of time. So in those cases, I would say at least two hours per shot. So people, a lot of people forget that, oh yeah, it's like, you know, you have all these models in the shot. It's like one's looking that way. And it's really <laughs> weird. And that girl's making a funny face. I'm like, what is that guy doing? He looks like a stalker back there, you know? So, so, yeah, you really need to be aware and just allow plenty of time to get that shot when there's multiple models involved. Yeah. And you really kind of have to think about, like, the the dynamics and the rapport between them because that is just as important as the dynamic and the rapport between the model and the photographer um, yep. if not maybe even more. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And that, and that all comes back to casting. So basically everything that we circling back to the lookbook, everything that we had talked about with a lookbook shoot all goes into these shoots as well. Yeah. It's just, there's more factors because you're talking about different locations and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, casting is huge. And especially if you're casting for multiple models, you need to make sure they're all going to jive. And, you know, maybe they've worked together in the past. That's always a plus. You can look at their shots together in the past or cast them together. And, yeah, so it's it's definitely, uh, I mean, yeah, circling back to casting, very important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the upfront work will save you so much in the long run. Uh, so much. And it just makes the shoot go so much smoother and, better and it it allows for the creativity to flow more as well so it's yeah it's just so key to to get all these all these parts established and and moving well before you get on set yeah um okay i uh i have one last well i have a couple of few last questions um one last question about sort of the uh either the campaign or the lookbook shots, but has anybody mm-hmm. ever done anything that's like really stood out as super prepared? Like, God, this person is a pleasure to work with. Everything goes so smoothly. It's super organized. Um, like any like really big tips for people to just really kill it and have an awesome day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say, you know, I love when, uh, clients come on set, whether, I mean, and this is talking like smaller shoots. If the client is the designer um, and they, there's no producer involved when they come on set with a, I love seeing the printed mood boards. 
I love seeing those shots printed out because no one ever tries to pull it up on their phone and look while they're on set. (laughs) Never happens, ever. So it makes me super happy to see that stuff printed out for everyone to see, including models, because that's another huge thing is models need to have the mood board. I mean, I've been to sets before where I've sent everything to the agency and we, you know, the mood board, everything. And then the agency never sent them to the model. Yeah. So the models show up. I have no, no clue what's going on, but fine. Okay. Let's have printed mood boards. Let's have all that stuff printed out, shot list, everything. So that always makes me so happy to see. And also when, when things, when the shot list is clearly outlined with time slots and like, okay, so we're doing, uh, you know, so-and-so with look one and then pairing her up with so-and-so in look five and like everything's on hangers, everything's labeled, everything's been pre-steamed. You know, of course, you're going to have to do some stuff on set, but everything is just so organized. You have the hair and makeup all figured out. Nothing's a guessing game yeah. when you get to on set. Yeah. Uh, and then also when it's that organized then things sort of happen organically out of that. And it's, it's just, there's no stress. So then everyone's on the same page creatively and then things just start to happen organically. It's like, it's just so much better when that, when that all is organized and upfront and everyone knows it. So yeah, the, the biggest advice is, you know, coming to set with all these items prepared Perfect. I love it. I've always showed up. I always create two binders, uh, just duplicates, Mm -hmm. but a binder with like sheet protectors and it has got all the stuff in there and it kind of has the outfits like mocked up, like the order they're going in. And then if there's any inspiration for that shot, like you can open up that page and you can look, okay, here's the outfit on the left. I know what model is. I know what time Mm -hmm. slot this should be on, on the right. Here's kind of the rough inspiration. And then like you just take a Sharpie throughout the day and you cross big X's like right on the sheet protectors and you just flip to the next one. And it's, and then Mm -hmm. you've got your hangers and they have, I've even gone so far as sometimes put the sheet protector with the inspiration, with the outfit and the model over the hanger and it's all in order on the rack. And it does, you're right. It goes beautifully. It's a fun day. The creativity gets to be like what drives everything. And it's, you're not scrambling like, wait, what's next? Wait, what is this one supposed to look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. wait, this was supposed to go with this. Oh, no, we have oh, to reshoot we, it. <laughs> or you even like get to the end of the day and they're like, wait, we forgot that entire shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which has happened so many times. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I think coming prepared with all that is is awesome and just always makes me happy. And it makes it makes every photographer happy because yeah. it's just, you know, makes the day go, go by so much smoother and um, there was also another thing too that I just remembered that I wanted to bring up. Okay, I can't. Oh, it'll come to me again. Sorry, I just that's lost okay. It. <laughs> I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a question, a comment at you, and I'm just waiting for you to chuckle. But I just I have to hear your thoughts and um, give everybody your two cents on this. Um, how how do you feel about the line? Oh, we'll just Photoshop it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it, it just, it c- kills a piece of me every time. I, there's not much left to me. <laughs> 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 uh, 
It's so crazy. I think I think almost every shoot I hear that, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, actually, no, no, we're not. We're not gonna do. Now, now I just I'm like, no, it's we're not gonna do that. Let's let's get it right. <laughs> just you for know, fun. It's, it's so Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just so funny. I was just thinking this last shoot I was on. It was like there was some kind of item, uh, you know, a piece of something that was in the shot that we needed help removing. And they're like, oh, you know, you can just Photoshop it. Just Photoshop it. And I'm just like, no, let's actually just wait five minutes and and get it removed. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be way faster to spend five minutes on it now than (laughs) Photoshopping it later. Yeah. yeah, it's just that's not the fix all. I mean, people really need to understand that you should always get it in camera and and anything in post should just be an enhancement to the beauty that you captured within camera. Yeah. Um, what's your so I was going to say a second ago, just for fun, like, do you have a, a funny, really extreme Photoshop incident that you just had to make happen? Oh, so many. I mean, especially especially in the beginning of my career when you when you're learning and <laughs> <laughs> you don't know all these like pro tips. <laughs> um yeah, I you know, not not casting for shoots at all, just showing up to a set, not even knowing who I was shooting and then getting there and being like, Oh boy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and just literally photographing and being like none uh, like these are she's not even a model like you know not you know she's a beautiful person just not this is not happening right now and and doing just some crazy crazy photoshopping like elongating necks and doing just like just like crazy stuff that I mean for me it's there's a point when it's like okay the problem was is that the client expected model type like you know high fashion model type photographs and unfortunately they didn't cast properly yeah and when they saw the pictures they're like oh no this is not you know this is not going to be good so we need to pay we need to do retouching can you do it and it's like well yeah but you know it's going to be crazy (laughs) and it's just it's it's the ghost that whole thing about about having a photographer cast for the models and it's, I mean, I've done just some crazy, crazy retouching yeah, on, yeah. on people and, and, you know, and, and it was, they were friends. It was just friends that came in. So yeah, that was, that was intense. That was like several days of really intense Photoshopping. Oh and I'm like, no, nope, never again. <laughs> <laughs> and you start having nightmares about the clone stamp tool. And <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're like liquefy. No, I don't, I anything ever again <laughs> oh my gosh I love it I love it um okay did you think of the thing you were going to mention earlier oh, I didn't I didn't it'll um, it'll come to me like in five hours okay like, oh. okay well you could shoot me an email and I'll I'll, I'll include it in the show notes um okay, Okay, this has been so much fun. I don't know if I've laughed this much on an episode, genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, it I is mean, really great. 
Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It was a pleasure. So um, two last things. One mm-hmm. is um, where can everybody find you online and reach out to you if um, they may need a photographer for their project? Definitely. Um, visit either my Instagram page at kwalterphoto and also my website, kristenwalterphotography.com. Um, and my email is uh, on both pages. So yeah, please feel free to shoot me a text. My number's on there too, or, or an email. Awesome. Awesome. And <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. And then I'll okay. ask you the question that I ask everybody at the end of the interview. Um, and that is, what is one thing people never really ask you about working in, in the fashion industry that you wish they would ask you? So there's, uh, there's, so there's like more than one thing, but I have to say that the one thing is, um, and I don't know if this is actually answering your question, but, uh, basically working with, um, your typical, like the stereotypical model Mm. and, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's come up a lot lately and it's definitely over the years has, has begun to kind of grate on me about, um, the body type and what's, uh, socially acceptable, you know, in our society for being, you know, beautiful or being used for fashion shoots and et cetera, et cetera. And getting very, I mean, as a normal, you know, woman in this society, it's like, I can't wear that stuff. (laughs) It's like, like I'm shooting all these, all these pictures of, you know, yeah, they're, they look gorgeous in the shots and the clothes, you know, fit them great because they're literally like hangers. I mean, that's what it comes down to, but it's like, I could never wear those, those dresses or, or those clothes. And so a lot of people, I guess a lot of people sometimes ask me like, Oh, you should get that. Like, Oh, that's such a cool look. Like, and it's like, actually that's not wearable. Like I can't actually wear that. And they're, and they're trying to sell it as wearable clothing. So my thing is, is I really want to work with more versatile body shapes and, that's kind of been a big thing for me as of lately and um, just making that become more of a norm in our society. So that's one thing I guess people don't, you know, I mean, literally have been starting to talk about within this past year. Right. Um, But as photographers, I think it's our duty and responsibility to help push it. Mm. Um, Yeah, that would be one, I guess one thing. I don't know if that directly no that was great (laughs) no that was great and I think such a great point to bring up and like you said as the photographer you can maybe help um have that dialogue a little bit more openly with the designer because Mm -hmm. maybe they just didn't even think about it you know because it's easy to fall into the stereotypical model trap but like you said it has come up a lot more in the past year or so um so have you been seeing like some of the up and coming designers you've been working with, like initiating that a little bit more? Yeah, a little, a little bit more, which has been great. I've, um, I've been working with some, uh, plus size models and just models of various different sizes. And, you know, there's, there's some clients that really strictly want your, uh, you know, very skinny runway type model. And, and it's always, it's always that push and play like, Oh, well, why don't we, have a couple looks, you know, doing this and, and try, try, I always try to work it in. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's starting to slowly happen, but I definitely think as a photographer, it's our, 
it's a, it's you know kind of our responsibility to help help push it even further. I love that. No, great point and um, great, great note to end on. Kristen, this has been tremendously fun. Seriously. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I will link to your site so everybody can see the great work you do and reach out um, if, awesome. if they need some, some services. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. It was great, great. having you on the show. Thank you. Talk soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for the interview, Kristen. It was really great to chat with you. I also want to share that she did email me with the last point she couldn't remember at the end of the interview, so I'll share it with you here. Kristen says, if you're shooting in the studio, it's a great idea to use a tethered camera. This is where you capture directly to the computer. It's really beneficial for the designer to have a look through the shots to make sure they're getting what they need and to make sure hair is in place and makeup is translating well with the lighting. She says, I absolutely love doing a quick recap with the designer if time allows after each look or at the end of the shoot. And with tethering the camera to the computer, it makes it super easy to do. Thanks for sending that last note in, Kristen. And thank you to you listeners so much for being here. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Again, make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be really grateful if you'd take 30 seconds to leave a rating or review. You can do that anytime at sfdnetwork.com slash review. And again, if you'd like to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at sfdnetwork.com slash 45. Thanks so much, you guys. I'll talk to you next week.